Welcome to the RTI Time Machine. Today's time traveler is John Van Trieste. And the destination 1919. This week, the Republic of China celebrated its 106th anniversary. As in many years past, the main celebrations took place outside the presidential office building in Taipei, an elegant building with a tall central spire. This building has served as the office of the Republic of China's presidents since 1950. The building's architects never imagined that this is how it would be used nor did they envision the Republic of China flag flying from its central spire. When the building was finished in 1919, it was instead the symbol of an empire. But since it was built, the story of the presidential office building has been closely tied with the story of Taiwan. Today, rather than empire, it represents Taiwan's forward-looking democracy. Today, we're looking back at the history of the president's office and at how its meaning has changed. The story begins in 1895. That year, a war between Imperial China and Japan ended. And in the final treaty, Japan secured control of Taiwan. This was the beginning of 50 years of colonial rule. During these years, Taiwan was to be subject to Japanese governor generals, and a suitably impressive headquarters would have to be built for them. In the first years of colonial rule, the governors made do with what they had. The first governor-general occupied a western-style customs house in the port city of Keelung, just north of Taipei. Then, when the government was moved to Taipei, a new headquarters was made out of an old Chinese administrative complex. In 1900, a site was found for a new headquarters. But until it was built, the governors stayed where they were, though their buildings were eaten through by termites and even burned in 1905. Taiwan was now up to its fourth colonial governor, and the time finally seemed right to actually build the new headquarters. But what should the new building look like? Some officials thought that the way to find the best design was through an open competition. And so in 1906, the contest kicked off. It ended in an awkward problem. On closer inspection, the winning entry looked suspiciously plagiarized. At the very time the contest was coming towards an end, a strikingly similar building was already on its way towards construction, the Peace Palace in The Hague. The design was disqualified. But when the government turned to the second place entry, it found the design didn't meet its needs. In the end, yet another architect was called in to modify the design. And so none of the designs really won. The building was in use before it was even finished. In 1916, as work was still ongoing, a Taiwan industrial exhibition was planned here. As far as the colonial government was concerned, this couldn't wait. For them, 1916 was an important year because Japanese rule on Taiwan had just passed the 20-year mark. 
When the building officially opened in 1919, it was a structure the authorities could boast of. No structure in Taiwan stood taller than its central spire of 60 meters. And the building was full of the latest technology, from telegraph systems to elevators. As the building was being planned and readied, something dramatic was happening across the Taiwan Strait. A revolution begun in 1911 got rid of China's last imperial dynasty and established the Republic of China. As the decades wore on, relations between the new republic and Japan would come to be strained. They were on the verge of open war in 1936, just after Taiwan marked 40 years of Japanese rule. War broke out in 1937, and in the 1940s, as the Allies became involved in the conflict, the Governor General's office in Taipei became a target. The building had known disaster before, for instance, a fire that broke out in 1935. But during the war, the building suffered its most serious damage yet. During air raids, it was hit directly by American bombs in multiple spots. And now another fire swept through the building, this one lasting three days. The war ended in 1945, with Japan relinquishing Taiwan and the Republic of China assuming control. The old colonial governor's office was repaired, and the new authorities renamed it for the Republic of China's leader, Chiang Kai-shek, on the occasion of his 60th birthday. But while the building was important for Taiwan, it wasn't that important in the scheme of things. Right after the war, the Republic of China continued to rule the Chinese mainland. The Republic's capital was at Nanjing, with its own perfectly good presidential offices. But the Republic's rule was being challenged by Chinese communists. It was a fight the Republic wouldn't win. In 1949, the Republic's forces retreated to Taiwan. By this point, the old governor's office, now long life to Chiang Kai-shek Hall, was back to its former condition, just in time to become an office for Chiang Kai-shek's government. There were those at the time who imagined that this would be a temporary state of affairs, that the Republic would one day retake the mainland and return to Nanjing. But this never happened, and from 1950 onward, this gradually came to be accepted as the president's office. The building has gradually changed with Taiwan. For decades, Chiang Kai-shek ruled Taiwan under harsh martial law. His son and successor, the late president Jiang Jingguo, lifted martial law in 1987. Democracy came to Taiwan, and though quite slowly, the president's office caught up with the spirit of the times. As Taiwan society opened up, so too did the presidential office, allowing public visits for the first time in 1995. As Taiwan's people became concerned about preserving cultural heritage, the presidential office was declared a historic site in 1998. Finally, in 2006, the old name Long Life to Chiang Kai-shek Hall was dropped and replaced with its current, if rather plain name, the presidential office building. The building remains an important Taipei landmark. It's a backdrop not just for the Republic of China's National Day, but also for the thriving of Taiwan's democracy. The boulevard that runs past the building, once also named for Chiang Kai-shek, 
is now a key spot for protests. Once a symbol of colonial rule and a headquarters for autocrats, the presidential office now stands for freedom and openness. The building's official website even interprets the Chinese characters that make up its name in a democratic way. It says the character, meaning seat of government, can be split into two parts. The inner element shows the idea of being entrusted by the people, and the element on the outside has the meaning of factory, a symbol, the website says, of working to meet the people's needs and wishes. According to this view, the building's new name is a sign of people power, something Taiwan's people are fiercely proud of today. I'm John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again next week for another journey through time. The sound of the Puyuma tribe on Radio Taiwan International. <laughs>